when you need to fix something that is broken, it surely depends on exactly what needs to be fixed. Whatever it is. Oh, I, you know, you get to some places where you feel, where you have imposter syndrome and suddenly you, this very eloquent, clear person, you become a stammerer. Has that ever, maybe it's just me. I'm probably the only one on that train. I'm the only one on that train because yeah. But yeah, you, I become a stammerer. And I look at myself and I'm, it still happens sometimes. Hey, hey, people, it's your girl Esther Ray, and this is not for my village people. I think perspective is actually a gift. It's a gift to have a different perspective to the other person you are having conversations with. And it just makes it all interesting, isn't it? So on this platform, we're going to share personal stories. Be open minded, listen in pick what you can pick from it do you understand on different topics because we're going to be talking about different topics from friendship to marriages to life happenings to growing up to backgrounds to careers to businesses so different people will be coming on this platform and i'm looking forward to sharing my perspectives my stories and exciting informations just for you to learn from it. It won't be new things that you've not heard before, but I'm hoping this platform will serve as a kind of a reminder for you to connect back to that that you need to connect to. Once again, it's not for my village people, guys. Thank you. Hello, hello. It's your girl, Esther Oh, my goodness. My voice. <clears throat> yeah. I've been a little under the weather. And yeah, it's obviously you all have been mentally stalking me and maybe I'm just talking to myself actually, but I am seeing the algorithms and I know you're still listening. You're still on the other end of this blue Yeti microphone, but sometimes it just feels like you're talking to yourself. Who's listening? The imposter syndrome can be real, but it's very early in the morning while I'm doing this because I've woken up to do something and it's not just worked out the way I to work I wanted to work out but it also hit me I came to the realization of something why I am the way I am maybe you're like me you're in my shoes you're not particularly in my shoes oh my goodness I don't want anybody in my shoes please wear your own shoes because the shoes the season of my life now I don't want you in my shoes just wear your shoes I'm sure they fit better (laughs) but I came to the realization of something today for the past couple of weeks, I've been invited to some places to speak. And every now and again, I'm one of those weird people until I get tired of it. And I don't listen to my own voice for another couple of weeks or days. Obviously, I'm a podcaster. You know, I must like somewhat like the, the sound of my voice, right? Maybe that's why I do this self-obsession. Of course, of course. But I came to realization of why that saying people have, you know, just tagged with me. Like, oh, the talker. She's always talking. And things like that. And the fact that I love speaking, I've said it several times and uncountable times on this platform that, you know what, this is me. It's a passion. Speaking is passion. It actually is. But speaking became passion because at some point in my life when I didn't, there was nobody to talk to. There was nobody to talk to. Yeah, not particularly a loner, but the inferiority complex I had about myself and the kind of people that I saw around and how, can I say jealous? Maybe not in a bad way, not in a village people way, but like, I just felt everybody around me had the things that I didn't have, I couldn't have. And I used to have them. 
I used to have them. I had a very, very good life in Africa. Yeah, at least to, to the best of my knowledge. I only left at 13. <laughs> but I still feel like I had a very good life because my mom was around. My dad was around. My siblings were around. We had a lot of party. I had friends at school. People actually knew who I was. And suddenly I landed in this country where nobody knew I was. Nobody cared about who I was. I didn't even have parents that cared enough. Obviously, that was what people thought. That cared enough to be around me or to take care of their 13-year-old daughter. You would think the same thing. I will probably think the same thing. And then quickly change my school of thought or my train of thought when I realized, you know what, it happened to you and it wasn't particularly because your parents did not care about you. But then I didn't have people to talk to as much as I would like to talk to. So I cultivated the habit of talking to myself. And there is something about that. There is, I wrote something on Instagram yesterday. My best friend, she's caught me now. One of my best, she's caught me now severally reading my emails out to myself and she just thinks girl you're crazy like she's a, she's a darling like girl you're crazy why are you reading that out loud I'm like yeah I've got to read it out loud because I don't want to send emails to people for them to think who is the let's not use the word <laughs> who is the slow person that sent this email I don't want people looking at my emails or reading out my emails like that or like can you repeat what you mean or let me get on team call with you and let's talk about what you mean in that email because I really don't understand it I hate that thing I don't know again part of the complex imposter syndrome and I have just had this most of my life growing up now, I think I'm grown out of it now. Obviously, I'm speaking into a Blue Yeti microphone and going to upload it to those that are listening. It's been downloaded. My podcast has been downloaded over 400 times now. So I think there are some people, hopefully not ghosts and not actual village people, downloading this. I really appreciate you all, honestly speaking, that you're listening. You are my motivating factor. Even when I should be in bed right now trying to heal up, I'm like, you know what, let me come and tell what is in my head morning so I have realized I am a talk I am the way I am right now because I did a lot of speaking to myself now when I am coaching people when I'm doing interview preparation with people one of my key was it called methods is you need to talk to the mirror you need to speak to a mirror do mirror practice I call it mirror practice do your mirror practice because Talking to myself, growing up alone and being alone in a strange foreign country with around people that could not even understand what I was saying because they did not speak English and they just accommodated me for that innocent looking, quiet, little, poor girl, the soul. Yes, they took me in because of that. They looked at me and they just accommodated me because of that. So I still couldn't talk to them because I hated people asking me. I've always hated it. I hate people asking, can you repeat yourself? Say that again. You say something, you try to say something in French and say that again. You try to say something in Dutch and say, say that again. And I've been thinking, and you speak in English that you know, and they say, say that again, because English is not your language. And they said it when you tried to attempt French because the accent was not right. And the pronunciation was probably off. And the combination of vocabulary choices you've used probably doesn't belong together. And it's the same thing with Dutch. Because you've not pronounced it well. You've not used that part of your throat that you're supposed to use in pronouncing words. You've not really used it. So nobody understood me for the best part of my growing up as a teenager. And I just started to talk to myself. I talked to myself when things were bad. 
I talk to myself when things were good. I can't count how many awards I've given myself celebrating my wins, my little wins, the little, little, little wins. The day I went into the council offices and then went to challenge them that I am going to continue studying even if you stop giving me money. Or the day I decided, you know what, I deserve to be a university and not going back to high school because I had already finished it in Africa and I had to pull my case forward. The day I decided to leave college and go to an actual university because I felt like I don't belong in college. I want to become a medical doctor. It should be a university. I had to bring my case forward. And on all of those days or the day I go for an interview, thinking I did not speak the language, but I was still given the job. The day I went to a job search agency, you know, back in the day, it used to be you had to go into the offices and it wasn't like you had to fill out the form online. Now we all apply online. But back in the days, we had what we call interims in Belgium, like job search agencies. And we'd go into them to search for a job. And I remember there was a day I went to search for a job and I was pointed in that direction of the table where the pile of papers and forms were placed. And they asked me to fill out a form. And I filled out a form narrating and talking about my experience and how I deserve to be given a job, even if it's just to clean. And I pointed it out, but I was already in college and I thought I was smart. I gave it back to the lady and she looked at it and she said, I didn't want cleaning job that day. No, I did not want clean. I think I was graduating out of my cleaning phase that, at that particular time because I was like, you know what? I speak the language. I am going to school. I am always studying. If you knew me back then, Jesus, I was always studying. I preferred to travel two and a half hours to campus because on the train back, you know, there was always train issues and all this, you know, whatever the case may be that always happened. Then if nobody has jumped in front of a train, you know, not that I'm happy about that. But then it just made the journey longer or if the train was even delayed, it made it longer that then it gave me the opportunity to study on the train ride back home two and a half hours every day. So while it was delayed and the train had not arrived, I would sit down at the train station and bring out my books and read. And when the train was there, it was even better because then I had comfort. If it was warm outside, there was probably air condition on in the train. If it was cold outside, there was probably heating in the train. So I would sit down there and read. And the two and a half hours reading will become three and a half hours reading. That was how I lived my life. So I thought I was smart. I thought I was smart. So I went into this office of supposed privileges. <laughs> and I filled out the form and I gave it to her. She had a quick glance, this receptionist had a quick glance at my CV or whatever I'd written down. And she said, you know what? We don't have any job for you. We only have cleaning jobs for you. And I think I looked back at her and I responded, oh yes, I was a picture of that angry African woman on that particular day because I, res oh, I responded. I responded so much, so well that People had to come out of the office to come and see what was going on. I responded to her and schooled her on the fact that she's currently sitting at that receptionist job now in her 20s or late 20s because she never even went to college or university. And she thinks that she's now ahead of me because she has a different skin color or skin tone to me. And that I am teeling and working out towards university or a university because I am going to be a boss someday. So she did not look at my CV like she was supposed to. 
because it's not like I don't speak the language. I speak the language and I speak even English and she doesn't speak English. So because you're sat there today doesn't mean you need to look down on my CV or experience and decide in the innermost part of your head that what I deserved was cleaning job. Oh my goodness. At this time she had turned red. I apologized. I felt bad. I apologized because they made it clear that no, it wasn't the case, but obviously the experience I'd communicated on my CV was showing that obviously all the jobs I had done was also cleaning and working at McDonald's and whatever I was looking for, either another receptionist job, like she currently occupies, you already know what that is, right? I was the village people in her story that day because I was just jealous that she was sat there and I wasn't there. And every job I applied to was just offering a cleaning job because obviously I wasn't communicating my skills better on my CV. And trust me, now I know better. My clients know better too. Because see, if I create a CV for you, girl, you will hate it. Trust me, you will do. <laughs> Anyways, I came to the realization this morning that the, the reason I talk so much was because I have done it all my life. And you know something about practice. Practice, they say, makes perfect. I all those lonely days to practice. I did. All those lonely days, all the days that I was alone by myself, I added to practice. I used my pain. I used my pain to support my growth. When I talked, I talked because I wanted to fix what was broken. Me not having friends was broken. Me not having the type of friends I wanted to have was broken. Me having friends that I looked at from the outermost part of, from the most part of things as they are, you know, they are a lot better than I am because they had their parents around. I actually had a friend that she was also in Belgium by herself, but her mom was just in the neighboring country and her mom would visit every now and again, it was just in the Netherlands. So it was just a bus ride away. She was better than me. She was also an asylum seeker. But I've, I looked at that as she was a lot better than me because her mom was just a train ride away. Where I lived back then in Belgium, I could take a bus to Netherlands within 45 minutes. And I would be in the Netherlands. Amsterdam, to be precise. Oh, no. Is it Amsterdam or Holland? Look at that. I can't even remember. now. I think it was Holland. So, yes. Came to the realization I am who I am today. I am how I am today because of all the practice, lonely practices I've done throughout the space of my life, trying to fix what was broken. When you need to fix something that is broken, it surely depends on exactly what needs to be fixed. Whatever it is. Oh, I, you know, you get to some places where you feel where you have imposter syndrome and suddenly you this very eloquent clear person you become a stammerer has that ever maybe it's just me I'm probably the only one on that train I'm the only one on that train because yeah but yeah you I become a stammerer and I look at myself and I'm, it still happens sometimes and I'm like girl you're a speaker you don't stammer you do not stammer get back to the good place it's an opportunity to grace it's mercy, it's God's mercy, it's favor that you're here. Hone it. Whatever you're looking to fix, whether it's a physical object, a relationship, a situation, or an aspect of yourself, there is a general approach you can do to it. A general approach. 
when you you're fixing something broken i wanted to fix how i spoke because then at some point i would just be mute because i couldn't talk back i couldn't talk back to someone i felt like their life was a lot better than mine i couldn't talk back i was a very yes person yes 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 because you were better than me even looking back now like you know that was a shitty way of leaving but yes at the time because that was all i saw they had what i did not have and instead of fixing what I did not have, I just looked at them like the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the kings of kings. <laughs> Sad, but yeah, true. So I would go home and practice what I should have said to them, how I should have responded. That was what I did. So if you're looking to fix what is broken in your situation, whatever situation you are right now, assess it, assessment, identify what the issues are understand what that particular thing is what are you trying to fix what is broken evaluate the extent of the damage or the problem what's the extent how deep is it how deep is it now when i go on a stage and i stammer for a second or i've been so nervous that my tummy is rumbling and and all that as soon as i get there and my first sentence come out you you know something like that it quickly gets back to something like this because I don't thank God for how far I have come. Plan. Devise a plan of action. Break down the steps needed to address the exact problem and restore or improve the situation. So after you've assessed the situation, then plan. Put some things together. What, how, and when. And in order for you to execute the what, how, and the when, gather your resources. Collect the tools, informations, or support that you need to execute your plan effectively. When I talk about resources, I think you guys already know what my resources are. It's reading books. And I don't just read books. I listen to people as well. I listen to ministration because I believe, you know, when I feel stuck, locked up, I feel, I can't, I can't, I'm not making new sense or making new information. I go and listen to people. I watch a movie. And when I'm watching a movie, and you're watching the same movie, I'm picking out from that movie what you potentially are not picking out of it or you're picking out something in relation to your current situation. This is one of the reasons I started the clubs and communities I've started over the years. My book club, it's not actually a book club. That's why we don't really call it book club or book pod because we don't only listen to read books. We also listen to podcasts and we watch movies as well. We read articles and we break it down from all of our perspectives. And it's just an amazing thing. I don't know. I don't know. I hope you have a lot of, you know, I, I just couple friends now. I have couple friends now. I have numbers. I have a group of girls, a group of ladies, a group of women, a group of amazing, beautiful women that I, that I roll with. And I just mesmerize. I melt in the company of their thoughts, of their involvement, of their opinions of their perspectives because oh lord it's breathtaking if i look at one word and have a meaning to it and another person can look at the same word and have a different meaning to is it just am i the only one i'm not the only one on this table because yeah i know that i'm not the only one on this table because the ladies in my community they say all the time and how they love it as well but i love it What's another one word for love that is modern love? Like, no. Wow. Wow. Ideas. Perspectives. 
it's just amazing because it helps you look at that person in a different light. If you've ever caught me just staring at you after you've said something, it's because I'm like, well, what's the train of thought that brought that together, that brought that to life? Because I cut myself every now and again. I know that the things I'm saying is as a result of the hell and heaven I've been through all my life. And be clear on that. I didn't just say hell. I said heaven as well. Hell and heaven. It's a mixture of both. Life is not supposed to be one type of way. It's a mixture of both. Now, gather the resources to execute what you've planned, the what, the how, and the when. And then take action. A lot of us, we die at that gathering resources point. You don't fix anything if you die at gathering resources point. You need to take action. It's difficult. It's never, nobody said it was going to be easy. If you did not cry when your mother had you at the hospital, the doctors will slap your cheeks. They will pinch you. They will create some sort of red marks on your skin so you can open that your mouth and cry because it's a life of bittersweet. While you're crying, your parents are laughing, smiling, and happy. And the medical practitioners around you the nurses, healthcare practitioners, the midwife, the surgeon, or whoever has helped bring you to life will all be smiling while you cry is part of life. And on that particular point now, it just links into another world because oftentimes we feel like, oh, some people are happy about your adversity. Obviously, this whole podcast was brought to life about that as well. Not for my village people, not for my village people. Village people are those that are happy or even the source or the the ones that fueled your misfortunes, right? That's how life is wired. While some people are happy for you, some people will not be happy for you because life is wired that way. Look at that birth story. You came to life with some people happy while you were crying. So why do we surprise ourselves now when you're crying and some people are just mocking you and there are trolls on the internet and there are, People that, you know, they, they're gossiping about me. They're talking about me. They think a type of way about me. Let them think. It's a sign that you're leaving. My dad once told me, I think I was, yeah, those days when I was still, let's say, small-minded. And I thought people were talking about me and I don't have friends because nobody liked me and things like that. And he said to me, said, Hester, be happy. Well, he probably used my African name. Be happy. My family members call me my African name. Be happy because if you were dead, people will not talk about you no more. But because you're, it's a sign that you're still alive, that's why people are talking about you. Gossips are not gossips if they're not talking about you. At least you still know some people are not happy for you because you are alive. Sister, misters, you are leaving. You're alive. There is something to talk about. If you're not leaving, and please, even, you know, that's a whole different topic and subject on, on its own because you can be alive and have the oxygen, but you might not be leaving. Not everybody breathing in and breathing out are actually leaving. So if people are talking about you, sisters, misters, here is me reminding you today that you're alive. Tap yourself, pinch yourself, breathe in, breathe out, smile. Because sister, mister, you're a living being. You're alive. So take action, implement your plan and do it systemically and follow the steps you've outlined. 
under the plan section. Follow the steps. Now, let's go into that breaking down goals. Everything always look big. It always look massive. It's, oh my God, oh, that's a lot. Everything is a lot. Life is a lot. You see a nine months pregnant woman and you're like, whoa, you're really pregnant. You're the one in there. Life is a lot. If that belly does not stretch out like that, and I'm using a lot of pregnant and babies. I hope I'm not pregnant. No, I can't be pregnant. <laughs> Probably be suing NHS if I am. But you look at that belly. If you don't see a stretched out belly like that, there's no way a baby is coming out of it. A pregnant woman will have, even if the belly wasn't, when I was pregnant with my second child, I wasn't showing a lot. On Even at seven months, a lot of people did not know I was, a pre I was pregnant. And it wasn't that I was very intentional about hiding it. I think I did a little bit, but there is little or nothing you can, my first pregnancy at five months, I couldn't hide it. Forget whatever you tried. But by the time I ate that three weeks to go, oh my goodness, the world knew I was pregnant. <laughs> Trust me. The world knew I was pregnant because it was stretched out. The baby wanted to come out. So life is not easy. Nobody's promised you ease. Take action. Be system, be, be, be strategic about it. And adapt as needed. Ooh, sisters, misters. Remember, I've told some stories on this platform on the various ways that I adapted. I could look at the two hours Two, two and a half hours journey to university and decide I wouldn't take their acceptance letter. That was the only university that accepted me, by the way. It's not, it wasn't because yeah, it wasn't because I decided to choose. It was the only university that accepted me. And most of the university, it was no university in the small little village I lived in Belgium. So it was the nuns. Those that had parents that wanted to go to university would then get an apartment or place in the city because it's the city and the universities are in the cities. They're not in the village, but I didn't have that. I could barely even afford my apartment in the village. How can I even afford? Just imagine, imagine leaving Bolton or Bury to go and live in London. Like, you get it, sisters, misters. Adapt as necessary. Be flexible. If you're trying to fix what's broken, be flexible. Because things will change. Time changes. Tides change. Seasons change. Be flexible. If unexpected challenges arise because they will do unexpected things unplanned things will happen but when they do be flexible try and adjust your approach according to the tide and the season you are in when people come to me about career change there's a very important question i ask them all the time like what's priority right now why do you want to change your career and just the other day, I spoke to someone that, um, actually, I think it was yesterday. I had a chat with someone that said, and he said, oh, money is not important right now, but the career progression is what is important. However, I do need money as well because of the economical situations right now. I would still want to be able to afford the basic things of life while I career transition. But there are some people I speak to and they tell me, you know what, Esther is money, all money. So when we work on the transition plan, we need to anchor and zoom into their reason for wanting to change because it's important. It's important. You can be an engineer on 20,000 salary. You can be an engineer on 70,000 salary. What does your current situation look like? So adjust your approach to fixing what's broken accordingly. And don't forget, you know, when I started this, I said fixing what's broken, whatever it is, 
these are steps that has helped me, still helps me. When I'm trying to fix something that is broken, it could be an object that is broken. It could be a relationship. It could be a situation or maybe even an aspect of yourself, a part of you that is broken. Whatever that is, assess whatever the situation is. Plan it. Gather your resources. Take action. Don't die on gathering resources. Or when you're planning, don't give up at that state because what you needed to fix in the first instance will not be fixed. Adapt as necessary as required. If you then look at it and you say, oh, I can't do this by myself. I think that's where a lot of people get to when they come to me when it comes to career or personal development coaching. Seek help. Seek guidance. Seek assistance from experts. Sometimes maybe mentors or professionals. Don't try to do it all alone. You only know so much. I've talked about perspective already. I keep hammering it in. There is the joy, the excitement of someone else thinking outside the box that you are in. So seek help. Learn from the experience of those people. And learn from your own experience as well, especially after you've resolved the issue, after you've fixed what's broken. And don't forget to reflect on what led to the problem in the first instance. And now you could have prevented it. Because that's how you learn how to prevent it in the future. So you're not back there and you're not always fixing that particular problem. What's the point of creating action plan or gathering resources or assessing the situation? If you're going to be back in the same situation, learn from your mistakes. Now, there is maintenance of what you fixed. If it's a physical object, if it's a relationship, you need to maintain it so you don't go back there. So consistently caring. It can help prevent it in the future. Consistently caring about that particular thing. It can help prevent whatever you had to fix in the first instance. And communicate, especially if it's in relationship. Please don't stay mute. Why are people mute in relationship? It doesn't solve anything. The other day I knew my best friend was mad at me and she had greeted me. She sent me a message in the morning, you know, I would know me because all my friends know that I don't, if you're not my friend, don't type this to me. Like, I don't like being addressed when you send me a message. I Esther, because then I'm like, I'm, are you mad at me? Like, hi, babes. Hi, sweetheart. Hi, beautiful. Hi, gorgeous. I love that. But then this, that particular morning she said, good morning, Esther. <laughs> I just laughed back because I know okay what has Esther done I've done something wrong so like what have I done so I start to apologize for what I don't even know I've done because you don't say good morning Esther it's good morning something else uh, morning babes morning love morning beautiful morning gorgeous well she's not said that because now I know oh, 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 oh. so that's a form of communication I suppose so in relationships communicate be open and honest it's crucial for addressing any fixing problems or any problems you need to fix. It's very important. If you don't communicate it, you can't fix it. If you don't communicate it, you can't fix it. And you can't start to even count and top it up. Like, oh, you did that yesterday. You did that last week. You did that last month. You did that. Da, da, da. You are counting it because you've not communicated eh? I know there are some goats out there. And I'm not talking about the goat on the Instagram definition of it. Like goats, like actually the animal goat. No, goats don't listen. I know there are goats out there that even despite the communication, then maybe you need to look into that. They need help. You've told them several times and they're still doing it. They are goats. They are actual village people in your story. 
And if the issues at all, you know, I would always take it to that direction. I'm a personal development coach. If it involves personal growth, take time, reflect on the root causes and work on your personal development. Your personal development is very important for a lot of the things that you're looking to achieve in life. And give it time to just remember, not everything can be fixed immediately. And sometimes it's okay. It's okay to let things go. If they can't be repaired, because some things are unrepairable, but a lot of things are also repairable. The very important part is approach each situation with patience, determination, a problem-solving mindset. But I always had this. You know, I take my God everywhere I go to pray about it. And I wish you all the best on your journey to fixing whatever is broken. It's your girl and another episode of Not For My Village People. Thank you for listening.